God is trying to shift the way we see him. Totally. People in the church and people that don't go to church. God is defending his name right now. He's released a spirit on the earth that's defending him. It's called the spirit of fatherhood. And it's reminding people who God is. He's the father. He's daddy. It's okay to say it. He's daddy. It's not a seedy way to call him. He's dad. He's pops. I call my dad pops. God is pops to me, right? He's wanting people, not just people in the church, but the Bible does say that, that repentance has to start in the house of God. And it says if, if those that know him barely are saved, then how will those that don't know him ever come into knowledge of who he is? So we have to begin to stir up our understanding of who the Father is, right? You guys okay? How many have been on a journey? You, you know the last few months you've been on a journey and you're learning who, who God is. I know I am. Like every week, there's something different about him. I thought I knew. I thought I had a pretty good um, grasp of him as dad, and I I have a really good father, so it's kind of easy for me to to draw some understanding of God's like my dad, you know, kind of thing, which we do. But the Lord's totally blown it off, and every week there's another layer, and I'm like, oh, man, I've never seen that about him before. And he's really good. And then I see another thing. I'm like, oh, he's even better than I thought he was then, and it just keeps on. Do you know that it's going to be that way the rest of our lives? That there is more to him and more layers to his goodness. And, and I, I am, and I want our church to be on a journey to discover the depths of his goodness. <clears throat> like, okay, God, are you really that good? I want to do an experiment and find out, are you really that good? Okay, you are. Okay, let's go further. Are you really that good? Yeah, I'm beyond what you can ask or imagine. I'm beyond what you can think, what you can comprehend. Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, and above all we can ask or think, according to the power that works within us. Look, this whole thing of Christianity is not about obeying a list of rules. It's not about being a member of a church. All those things are important. Don't get me wrong. Christian behavior is important. Being part of a local church is important. Doing the things that are right, are, they're important, right? That's how we don't sin. We do good things. In the old covenant, when you did a wrong thing, it was called sin. In the new covenant, when you don't do a good thing that you know you're supposed to do, it's called sin. Amen. Good. <laughs> so, James says, anyone who knows the good that they're supposed to do and doesn't do it, sins. He doesn't put a, a semicolon or a comma and say, and those of you that do the wrong thing, you sin too. He's shaping our mindsets completely different. Because it's an inside-out thing that's going on right now. Uh, the old law and the old covenant and what most of us think Christianity is, is the old covenant. With a savior added to it. So he came to give us a new old covenant. It's true. And, and like we think, we see it like, oh yeah, Jesus came to save us from our sins. But we still operate with a mindset Oh, we can never know him. We can never do enough good. We can never really become like him. I mean, it's impossible. And we go through this thing. And I have to perform and I have to do these things. And if I can do all those things, then he'll love me. How many of you guys in the room, since we've talked about love a lot today in relation, how many of you guys did a lot of things because you wanted to impress a girl? Like, if I just do these things, she'll like me. She'll see I'm a really good guy. How many of it worked out real well for you? 
How many ladies you did that? I think ladies do the same thing. You, you change your, uh, he likes blonde hair. I'm going to dye my hair blonde hair. He likes this. I'm going to do this. And we shift these things to, if I do these things, they'll love me. They'll accept me. They'll be with me, right? Some of us look at God and like, oh, if I do this, if I change my hair color, if I change the way I talk, if I change the way I use my giftings, if I shift this, then maybe he'll just really love me. And God's like, you've got it all backwards. I want you to be you because I love you. And when you connect to me, all the other stuff will take care of itself. For, for some reason, through history, um, and I'm a fifth-generation pastor. Um, my dad pastors still, and my papa, who's almost 80 years old, still pastors. It's in my blood. I, I say this a lot, but my whole family is full of preachers everywhere, all over the place. You can't go to a family reunion without throwing a rock and hitting a preacher or a worship pastor or a missionary, an evangelist. I mean, we've had even um, my great-grandmother, my dad's mom's mom. Don't you love it when people tell you stuff like that? You don't hear what they're saying. <laughs> Someone related to you. Like, you know, a cousin of a cousin's brother. You know, it doesn't matter. Anyway, my great-grandmother, um, her, her um, husband um, planted churches all over North Texas. He was a great preacher. But he died young. He died in his 50s. And she, all she knew was being a mom and being a pastor's wife. So after he passes away, um, she becomes a missionary to the Navajos in Arizona and New Mexico and places like that. She goes and lives on the reservation and becomes a missionary and teaches them about the love of God. I have other aunts. You think just men can do this? I have aunts that are missionaries to different kinds of reservations and stuff. I mean, it's unbelievable. So this is what I know. And for some reason, the people with my occupation have thought we're supposed to tell people what to do and how to do it. Like, we totally, like, missed the script somewhere. And we're like, oh, we're supposed to help people be righteous and do righteous things. That's not my calling. That's not a pastor's calling. That's not people of God's calling. We're not here to tell people how to live. We're here to, pe- we're here to tell people who God is. And show them how people that love God live. It's totally different. We don't need to. And so we've, we've created this whole mindset that says, well, we've got to look a certain way to be a Christian. No, you don't. You don't. Look around the room, first of all. Do we all look? I mean, there's a very eclectic group of people in the room, right? Yeah. And I love it. This is, heaven's going to look like this and even greater. With yeah. greater diversity and all kinds of stuff. Right? Yeah. There's not this, this box that God wants you to fit in. He wants you just to know him. Okay, behavior is important. I I talked about this on Wednesday. Behavior, Christian living, that's important, but it's second most important. Most important is the relationship. It's knowing God. It's being in covenant with him. Because I can never act right if I'm not connected to him. You know, when Mandy was talking about the offering earlier, and she, and she talked about um, some, some that may have, like, oh, I haven't been tithing. I need to make up. How many of you have ever felt that way before? You didn't tithe, and you're like, oh, I've got to make up for last week's tithe, and last week's tithe, and last week's tithe. You know, us pastors would love for you to do that, but that's not what God wants. God wants you to be obedient today. You can't make up for that other stuff. When we try to make up for the other stuff we did, it becomes something called self-righteousness. It's me performing and calling it holy, calling it righteous, calling it a good thing, and hoping God is pleased by my behavior. And you know what he says to that? It's filthy rags. Yeah. All that stuff you're doing right now is filthy because you didn't come through me. Huh. In John, 
uh, Jesus refers to himself as the good shepherd, as the gate. And he says that anyone who tries to come to the Father through any other system, through any other door, through any other way, is a thief and a robber. That's not just talking about people trying to find God outside of Christianity and relationship with God. It's talking about even those of us inside of a relationship with God that try to connect to Him through any other way than through relationship with His Son. Please listen to me. I want us as a church, this, this is maturity here. Relationship first. Behavior comes from relationship. That's what a mature believer is. Insecure, immature believers try to do all these things to look good. And they skip out on the relationship part. I've used this example so many times, I'll use it again. How many have ever said, I'm going to stop doing this thing that I know is not good for me or it's sin or it's wrong? I'm going to stop. I'm going to make myself stop. How, how many times does that work? <laughs> does that mean keep doing it? Oh, I can't stop. I might as well just keep doing it. No. It means you're, you've flipped it. You have to go through the sun. You have to go through relationship first. Through relationship, he will help defeat those things that shouldn't be there. He will give you the authority to discipline yourself. Here's the cool thing. He gave us self-control. We're going to close out pretty quick here. He gave us self-control. He didn't give us God control, Jesus control, Holy Spirit control, apostles control, pastor control, um, evangelist control. He gave us self-control. He said, if you will come to me and have relationship with me and be intimate with me and know me, I will release Holy Spirit into you. He will come live inside of you, and then he will give you a gift of self-control to where you can discipline yourself, and you can say what's okay and what's not okay because you're connected to the life-giving source of heaven. When you, yeah. So when you do say... I'm going to do this thing. Self-control is an authority. And because you're connected to the Father, your yes is yes. And when you say, I'm going to stop doing this thing because you're in relationship with the Father, because I'm trying to protect our covenant, I'm saying no to this thing, God, because I know that you don't want this thing in my life. And I want to protect our connection. And because I'm doing this out of a motivation to protect our connection, my no is a no. There's a quote I heard probably about two years ago. I can't even remember who said it. Uh, it was either a Graham Cook or Lance Wallnow or someone like that. He says, any no to sin that does not become a yes to God will never remain a no to sin. <laughs> any no to sin that does not translate into a yes to God will never stay a no to sin. Why? Because... Creation hates vacuums. Did you guys know that? Creation hates vacuums. What do I mean by that? When the right thing isn't filling a space, something else will fill that space because there's a vacuum there. So if I don't have relationship with the Father, I will fill it with different things. Some of us fill it with with, with doing things for God, doing things for ourselves, doing things for other people, whatever it is, we feel that vacuum because the right thing's not in place. What happens if you don't, if you have a beautiful 
beautiful lawn, perfect grass, the kind you just want to lay down and take a nap in. Just It's cool and it's beautiful and green and there's no weeds and, and bugs and all. You just take care of it. I had a, a neighbor when I was growing up. The guy was just bonkers with his yard, all right? We would come outside. I, I'm, I'm not kidding when I tell you this. We would come outside. This guy's got to be 70, 75 years old. He mowed his yard like literally every day. I'm not kidding you. He, that's all he did. We'd come outside and he would be on the ground on all fours with scissors. Trimming his lawn. To make sure it was perfect. And I looked at my lawn. And I was the one mowing it because I was a teenager. And I'm like, dude, you're just making me look bad. You know? <laughs> my dad's going to kill me. I can't keep up with you. Right? Well, we've got trees. We can't even grow grass. And this guy's over there with, with scissors trimming his perfect lawn. And I was like, dear, what is this guy? I mean, good job. It's awesome. It's beautiful lawn. Let me take a picture. But what happens if he doesn't take care of it for a month? Something else will grow there. Even things he didn't plant. <laughs> Whatever blows from the wind with the pollen and stuff will land in his lawn. And because he has not stewarded it, something else will fill the vacuum of stewardship and will take over the lawn. And it doesn't take long. Creation hates vacuums. I can't say no to this thing. I can't say I'm going to live right and not wholly commit myself into a loving relationship with God. Because if I don't do that thing first, something else will come in and fill that vacuum, fill that void. And the dangerous thing is, for those of us that have known God for a long time, I'm talking to us right now, the really dangerous thing is for us to think we know Him and not really know Him. And to think that all these things that we've filled our life with are really making us close to Him and all they're doing is making us where we can't hear from Him at all. Creation hates vacuums. And the Lord says, don't do all those things. He's not saying keeping a clean yard. I'm using symbolism here. Keeping a clean yard and taking care. He's not saying those things aren't important. He's saying don't do it outside of a covenant relationship with me. Because if you do that, you're not drawing from the resources of heaven. You're getting only what you can create. Only what you can hustle. Only what you can stir up. Amen. So here's the thing. I can't even tell you how to have a relationship with God. I can tell you things to do, but those are those things that come with a relationship. People that are in a loving relationship with God spend time with God. They spend time with God's people. They do these things. But only you can get along with Him and figure out how to have covenant, how to have relationship. Did you guys hear that? Like, we can disciple, we can teach you, and all we're doing is we're giving you tools. We're giving you things that can help. We're, we're giving you things that worked for us. Say, hey, this worked for me, try it. You know, I don't know. I can't tell you. I mean, sometimes we equip you with tools that you won't even use or don't need to use. I know that. I don't think that everything I say is just going to impact you forever in life. I know that. But I do know that I will say things that will equip you. And Matt and other discipleship stuff that we have going on, they're tools that you have to figure out when to use the tool in what season. But it's all about you cultivating this thing. Coming to church, hanging around people that do it won't won't do it for you. You guys okay? It's, It's between you and God. 
But I do know that when you do that, everyone will know. <clears throat> when you connect to him, everyone around you will know it. Because he's life. He's life. And everywhere he goes, he spreads life. Right? So I think I want to close it like this and, and just ask you. How many are hearing you say, hey, I want to really fix my covenant connection to the Father? That's you. Just stand, stand up. Yeah, I know. I just asked you to raise your hand, but stand up. And we're just. I think I'm going for this. I, I want to renew this thing with him. Yeah. It's like, like when people are married over time, and and so, as a matter of fact, my wife and I is nine years this week, and 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 my my goal is when we when we have our tenth year anniversary, let's renew our vows. Like that. That's. I think that's a healthy thing to do. Renew your vows. Remember why we got into this together. Um, I love it when we do weddings and I get to read the vows and I always rem reminisce and think back to when we were standing there and, and uh, when she came down the stairs at our other church and I was just like, again, how did I get this lady, you know? Um, but renewing that covenant with him daily, stirring it up, stirring that relationship up, renewing that yes to him. And let me say this and then we'll pray, okay? You can have a yes that's a lowercase yes that will need to be a lowercase yes tomorrow and a lowercase yes the next day, next day. Or you can have one big yes that's like finalized and then it's just maintaining that relationship from then on. You know what I mean by that? Like sometimes we come into covenant with him and then we mess up and we break covenant and then we come back tomorrow, we start a new covenant with him and we break covenant and we come back. Lord's saying stop that. First of all, he doesn't break covenant with us. Renew the covenant. So today when we're praying, I'm praying that God will put a, a big yes sign on all of our hearts and it's our final yes. That for the rest of our life, we're pursuing you, God. We may stumble and fall today, but when we do that, we're going to come back in and make sure, hey, God, I'm sorry I didn't protect our relationship. Yeah. I'm sorry I didn't I allowed that thing to creep in and become more important and it pulled me away from you and you're my real love. That's what this is about. This is, oh, God, I'm such a sinner. Will you save me again? Fine. If you need to do that, do it. Keep doing it until it just clicks, right? But he wants us to have that final yes and then just maintain the relationship. Just stir it up. So um, just put your hand on your own heart and pray. I'm going to pray over everyone just kind of a themed prayer. But you just talk to God right now, okay? I mean, that's, that's where this all starts is just talking to him. So, um, Father, we, we thank you, first of all, because you're showing us who you are. Like, we couldn't even search to find you. Like, where would we even go? What book would we read? Even, even the Bible is, 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 is um, finite in its understanding of you, in its revelation of who you are. It doesn't even contain all of you, God. We know that, and we love it, but we, we can only find you when your spirit calls us to you. So thank you because you sent your spirit on the earth to show us who you are. And God, I thank you because you're calling us sons and daughters. You're taking us from the servant um, relationship to a son relationship and a daughter relationship and we just say thank you to that please rewire us today to think like sons and daughters yeah. rewire us today to think in terms of protecting the relationship rather than every day starting a new relationship with you help us to think in terms of not taking off the armor of God when we go to sleep and put it on when we wake up yeah. but to leave it on at all times even sleep in it Lord help us to just shift the way we look at relationship. And God, I, above all things, I pray you give us sensitive hearts that we'll hear you and that we'll know your voice and that when we hear you, we just respond to you. Like we don't even have to know. We don't have to, we don't have to understand everything. We just say yes. So I ask, Lord, that, 
you would, would stir up a passion in us to say yes to you. A, all caps, yes, Lord. And that we'll maintain our relationship with you throughout every day. Lord, I pray that when we do make a mistake or stumble and fall, that you'll show us that you're still there keeping your appointment, just like you did in the garden with Adam and Eve. You kept your appointment even when they messed up. You were there looking for them. Same with us. Help us not to run and hide and try to cover up what you already saw. Help us to just be um, with you and open with you and unashamed and say, God, look, you saw that. Let's fix it together. And, and Lord, we do want to behave well. <laughs> we do want to do the right things. We want to have righteous living and, and holy living. But we know we cannot do it without being connected to you. We pray today, Lord, that you would, you would live in us. <laughs> Why don't you say this with me? I no longer live. Christ lives in me. Let's say it one more time. I no longer live. Christ lives in me. <laughs> that takes all the pressure off right there. Christ in me. Say, Christ in me, the hope of glory. <laughs> oh, yeah.